0: Hi, this is Pastor Joel Webbin with Right Response Ministries, and you're listening to another episode of Theology Applied. In this episode, I was privileged to have as a special guest, Lori Alexander from The Transformed Wife. We talk about biblical womanhood. We talk about submission to husbands. We talk about women not preaching. In fact, we even talk about um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that it is shameful for a woman to speak in church in any capacity. So... Get ready to be offended, get ready, get your, your fingers warmed up on that keyboard, to begin to troll our YouTube page with spiteful comments, but for all of you who love God and his word, get ready for a real treat. Lori is a sweetheart, and I believe that this content and this topic will really bless you. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by giving a donation of any amount at rightresponseministries.com. That's rightresponseministries.com. If you're not able to support us financially, you can still help us tremendously by simply subscribing to our YouTube channel, clicking the bell so you'll be notified by new content, and of course, sharing our content with your friends and family and partnering with us in prayer. Lastly, if you're a business owner or you manage a business and you share conservative values that we do, even better, if you're a Christian business owner or manager of a business, we would love to partner with you. You can partner with us by becoming one of our sponsors. We would love to advertise your product or your service on our shows. You can get in touch with us by reaching out via email, Advertise at rightresponseministries.com. Advertise at rightresponseministries.com. We'll send you our media kit and you'll find that we have competitive prices for all of our ministry sponsors. Without further ado, thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Applying God's word to every aspect of life. This is Theology Applied. Hi, this is Pastor Joel Webben with Theology Applied, and as I've already said, my special guest for today is Lori Alexander. She uh, leads a ministry called The Transformed Wife. So without further ado, Lori, would you go ahead and take a moment, just introduce yourself and your ministry to our guest?
1: My name's Lori Alexander, aka The Transformed Wife, and I have been writing for my blog, I think it's almost 12 years and wow. it was to disciple a young woman. I had been be- before that, I had been mentoring women, teaching women in groups, large, you know, about th- 15 women in groups. Then I did one-on-one. My husband and I did premarital counseling in a church near us. And then I, I wanted to mentor a young woman who was, just became a believer. And I went to disciple her in the ways of biblical womanhood. So I began this blog many years ago. Not ex- not expecting anything to really, I mean, just to mentor her and the few women who wanted to learn from me, you know, you just kind of plant those seeds and see where God leads. And I had a couple of posts go viral. And so I really try to stick to God's word, Titus 2, 3 through 5, and everything in God's word that relates to, to women. And mm-hmm. because I really believe that God gave the ministry of the word to men that's why he pointed them elders and told women to ask their husbands at home if they had a question and women, older women to teach the younger women, biblical womanhood. And I include in that the churches about being quiet and the verses about women being quiet in the churches and anything that has to do with women in the Bible, mm-hmm. I teaching and go over. So that's right. how that's my ministry. <laughs>
0: great praise god well it's been said uh, that not every man is going to be a professional theologian but every man as the head of his household is called to be a resident theologian and so you're right that god has called and because he has called uh, we must trust that he has properly and sufficiently equipped men husbands and fathers to be the resident theologians at home that doesn't mean they know everything that's why god has given to men not just women but to men uh male elders in the church to instruct them and teach them um but yes husbands and fathers are called to be pastors in their home to be resident theologians and so um I love that I think that's uh, honoring to God and honoring to scripture so let's go ahead and just just get started with a a bit of a doozy here um, you've already—I know your answer—but in light of First Timothy chapter two, verses eleven through fifteen, where it talks about, you know, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man; she must remain silent. Uh, that she's supposed to learn quietly in full submission. Uh, and then he goes on and talks about, you know, that women will be saved through childbearing if they continue with faith, hope, love, and with propriety. Um, what do you think about a text like that in light of that text? What do you think about women preachers and and where would you draw the line? I'm willing to bet that you don't think that women should be preaching on the Lord's day to, to the whole church which should include men um, but it seems like sometimes you know in in our evangelical circles we get a little a little creative, uh, to where women are, are kind of almost like pseudo-pastors and teaching in virtually every capacity you could possibly imagine, but outside of it. So what, what are your thoughts on the public preaching ministry of women?
1: Well, I prefer to take the Bible too literally rather than too liberally. And I go to 1 Corinthians 14, to 35, about women being silent in the churches. and It's shameful for them to speak in the churches, and if they have a question to ask their husbands at home— And then the arguments about, well, the women in Corinth, I mean, you know, back then were just noisy or yesterday I heard they sat in the back and so they were screaming and and that's why they were told to be quiet. But um, the Bible goes back to creation, why women are to be silent in the churches because Adam was created first and women are more easily deceived. I can't teach that on Facebook or or I will be immediately put in Facebook jail (laughs) or that they're the weaker vessel. But so I, we ha- went to a church prior to the one we're at, where we had a female worship leader, and she would give little mini sermons in between the songs and pray. I knew I didn't like that. <laughs> I just right. did not think that was proper at all. I think women should do as, mu- as much as they can as to be silent in the church. Of course, they can sing when there's a congregational reading of scripture, right. they can do that, whatever. But. I prefer to be silent in the churches. And I went to a service by Michael Pearl many many years ago, Ken and I did, because we went to a week long. And they take that scripture very seriously. Even when they asked for testimonies of that week, because he taught us through Hebrews, he had the men stand up and share their wives' testimonies. And that doesn't offend me at all. And this Sunday, our pastor asked the elders to come forward to pass out the, the communion and it was all men <laughs> and that mm-hmm. didn't offend me at all. It would have offended me if there were women up there because disobedience to God's word offends me. Obedience to God's right. word will never offend me. So Amen. I, I think women are to be quiet in the churches as God says. And there's a reason I've been in a Bible city, a co Bible city where the women will definitely take over. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. We're a lot more chatty. And you have to think about it. Most of the men in the church are quiet in the churches, right? And it's that I think it is. It's just our personality. I think God knew what He was saying when He wants women to be quiet in the churches and let the men. I think they should be leaders over the women's ministry, and I don't think they the women would be setting all the these this material from female preachers like Beth Moore and Priscilla Shire and all all of them almost. And I think the men our church the men, the elders go over every material all the material that's going to be taught. Mm-hmm. I think they should be over the children's ministry, make sure what th- the children, I don't think there should be any pastors in the churches because pastors, elder, they're synonymous mm-hmm. pretty much. The pastors should all be men. The elders should all be men. The deacons should all be men, and men mm-hmm. should be o- over ruling the whole entire church. And I think it's safety for women. It's not oppression and bondage. it's it's protection. And Mm -hmm. that's a huge responsibility on men. And I'm thankful to give that to them, (laughs) especially when we go to church right now. That's so biblical and so refreshing and just amazing.
0: Amen. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you. I remember when I was coming into some of these convictions a few years ago, as I was pastoring a church in California at the time and, just really trying to take God's word seriously, take God at his word. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, you know, like what you already said, it's, you know, that women should remain silent in all the churches. For, it's shameful for a woman to speak in church. And at the time, I remember we had um, women who would, you know, occasionally we would kind of go back and forth between women and men who would do the announcements and And I just started realizing, you know what I, I even that i don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable with I, nope. I don't think it's in line with God's word, and a lot of people would be like, "Are you kidding me, Joel? the announcements and but to to be fair um you know i I went even further in my convictions. What I realized is that um God has very very particular specifications for the church when we come together. And so, you know, so I believe that the church is called to, you know, the church will meet and greet and and have edifying gatherings throughout the week in multiple different contexts, whether you call it a small group or a Bible study or whatever it might be. But there's something unique and something very specific about the gathering of all the saints on the Lord's day for the administering of the ordinary means of grace, which is the the public preaching of the word, the public praying of the word, the public singing of the word, and the public seeing of the word, as it were, in, in the only thing that the Lord has given us by sight, which is the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And uh, and so the more and more I became convicted of what church actually is and, and what, um, what actually What constitutes a church, um, the more I realize, well, you know, when when we begin to worship the Lord in spirit and truth on the Lord's day, um, I I don't want to do announcements at all. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm really careful in the way that I, you know, that I lead our church in worship. And we have, you know, a very specific liturgy that I've written and that I that I write and rewrite for each week. And um, if there are any announcements, I do my best to to make those announcements through social media, through emails. And if I'm going to make an announcement on the Lord's Day, I make it after the the worship service has already been concluded. So I'll, I'll come forward and I'll say, let us now begin to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we'll have, you know, a reading from God's law. We'll have a corporate prayer of confession. Uh, we'll have, you know, um, a uh, assurance of pardon. We'll have a prayer of of a confession, not of sin, but a confession then of faith. So we do the confession of sin, the assurance of pardon, the confession of faith. Where we use the Apostles, the Nicene Creed. Uh, then we have the sermon. Then we have you know we uh, we worship God through song. We have a, a man come forward and we we do that typically a cappella. And then we. Uh, you know, we do both a collection of psalms and more theologically robust and traditional hymns, you know, and then we take we partake of the Lord's Supper and I do a benediction. And and I say that now concludes our Lord's Day uh, worship service. And then if there's an announcement, I or another man make that announcement. And it's kind of like it, it's not a part of our liturgy. You know, when you when you pause the service halfway through and now it's time for announcements and it just feels out of place. So anyway, so, you know, so as silly as that sounds, like a woman doing announcements or exactly what you're saying, you know, the worship leader who thinks that they're a preacher, you know, and in between songs, you know, will will preach and those kinds of things. And and what what was hard for me to come to was at first, I, I was struggling to reconcile 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 Corinthians 14. So 1 Corinthians 14, you know, the, the, the women should remain silent in church. But 1 Corinthians 11, speaking about head coverings, um, you know, it talks about a woman, you know, covering her head when she prays. And so I was like, well, women are obviously speaking in church, you know, through prayer or prophecy, um, you know, and I personally am, am a cessationist. And, and so, but, you know, at the church in Corinth, um, but then when I began to understand more of what constitutes a church, what, what do we do as the church as the church when we church so the church as a noun and a verb you know we are we are the church the people of god purchased by the blood of christ by grace through faith and we church together we ecclesia we gather Gather assemble together exactly on the lord's day so when we church together Um, what we're doing is the the whole thing is prayer and prophecy. So now like 1 Corinthians 11 makes much more sense. It's it's all prophecy and prayer in the sense that it's all, uh, we we are preaching the word and praying the word. And and so women do, in a sense, prophesy and pray, um, but corporately, that every member of the church has a participating role um, that like when we're going through our liturgy and prayers of confession of sin, or, 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 you know, I say, Christian, what do you believe? And we recite the apostles creed. Um, the women are reciting the Apostles' mm-hmm. Creed right alongside the men. when we're singing a hymn or a psalm, the women are singing right along. And so, uh, and when we're singing it's the, the songs are either a prayer or they're a declaration of who God is. It's a prophecy, lowercase P prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what Paul is talking about. So, so at first it was like, you know First Corinthians 11, First Corinthians 14 yeah. seem to be They always at odds. use that
1: to say, oh no, women can speak in church, but you should read Gill's exactly. commentary. Because he explains John it perfectly. Gill. Yeah, the, the old yep. time. Yeah. He just says that no, it doesn't mean they can speak out in church because that's forbidden. It means that right. when they're, the congregation is, pre- or whoever's praying, they come, or when they're, they're prophets and when they're listening to sermons, or like what you were saying. And I love what mm-hmm. you were saying because, and the, our new church, there's so much reverence in our worship mm-hmm. now. Our old church, it got dark. It got really loud. We're singing Hillsong Bethel Elevation. It kind of hurt. I had to wear earplugs. Women were, it was so irreverent. Guys were just wearing whatever, you know, women and men were just wearing whatever they want on stage. In our church, everything's so reverent, even communion, so reverent. And I just, I've never been to a church like this in my whole life. And it's just so, it's what I long for. Cool. It's just wonderful because we're worshiping, the Lord God Almighty,
0: <laughs> right, right, and we should do so with fear and trembling, and that fear yes. and trembling is—it's not uh, that doesn't mean that we should do so with with sadness and mm-hmm. and a somber. It's a joyful yeah. trembling. Yeah. So so when we say fear and trembling, we're not saying that that it's not joyful, um, no. but there's a difference between a happy clappy light and trite feel
1: good j- emotional you know, driven <laughs>
0: exactly versus a deep profound. Joy, like the kind of—I mean—I think of you know, uh, you know, when all three of my daughters were born, you know, on, on the the day of each of their delivery, you know, like I—I'm—I'm I'm not light-hearted. Like it's—you know—the room, the delivery room is—you know—the tension is palpable. It's a big moment. You're you're worried about the the safety of mom and the baby and all those kinds of things. And it's—you know—it's a very. Um, it's a heavy moment, and yet it's also a joyful moment. And I remember, you know, like um, in all three cases, physically trembling, you know, as I'm holding this this child for the first time and just feeling the the weight of of um, the responsibility as their father, a new life entering the world, and yet the, it, it was immensely joyful. There was nothing sad or somber about it, but it was a weighty joy. And um, and so I yeah I agree with you. You know, I think that. The the happy clappy church would you know would criticize uh, someone like you or I by saying, uh, "Will you make God depressing?" And we would say, "No, no, no, no." When we say reverence, we're not talking about somber uh, sadness. We're talking about reverence. And and that counter of you, "Will you make God depressing?" It reveals to to us that they don't know the first thing about true joy. They don't they don't understand. For Our them, it's a light, so shallow joy. Driven.
1: Right. It's right. so emotionally driven today and the feelings and, and that's what yep. worship has become. And it's so, I agree. And seeing the deep hymns of, hymns of faith can provoke emotions. You know, just like, right. wow, <laughs> right? that's what promotes provokes real emotions, truth.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. So, okay, so here's here's another text, like Titus 2. I know this this is a huge part of you know the basis, the biblical basis for your ministry. Titus 2, uh, verses 3 through 5 says this, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent. There you go. That's what we're talking about. Reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to the their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. And so my question is this, in light of Titus chapter two, because you, you kind of said this in passing, or at least it sounded like you said it a little bit earlier. Um, one, one of my concerns pastorally is I do think that, that there's obviously from Titus two, a proper context and regular rhythm in the life of the church where older women are teaching younger women. My question is, but but what is the content of that teaching? Um what what are these older women teaching these younger women? Because I, I read the text and I'm curious if you would agree, verse four, and so train the younger women, so they are to teach what is good, and then the very next it's not even the next sentence, it's it's just a comma. And so train young women to love their husbands and children, be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, so that the word of God may not be reviled. So I read that, and I think it seems as though the, the author, the apostle Paul, is not merely saying that, um, that there is a proper context for older women to train younger women in any matter, but that they specifically, in their training of younger women, should focus on this content. What, what do you think about that?
1: And you'll notice that all the female preachers, the real popular, big, don't teach that. They teach That's everything right. but that. And they can't because they're not keepers at home. They're not. But, yeah, God's very specific for a reason on what he wants us to teach younger women. And I, it says in the King James, aged women. It says older women. And I think that means women who have raised children, godly children, who walk in truth, who have been married for a long time, who have the experience who can teach the young women to love and obey, submit to their husbands, to love their children and what that looks like. I was taught, you know, that I knew I was supposed to be submissive to my husband. I had no clue what that looked like until I read Debbie Pearl's book. So I teach women what that looks like. I teach them what loving their children looks like. It's not this gentle parenting where you never say no, you never discipline them. And what, in, in all the capacity, what loving your husband looks like, not depriving them, you know, just in all the different ways, being a helpmeet to them and what that means. And then loving one's children and being a keeper at home. And I get so much flack, of course, on everything I teach. But women always want me to say, well, that doesn't mean women can't be in the workforce. I said, you know, what? I'm not going to make that exception. God commands that I teach younger women keepers at home. Their lives need to revolve right. around their home. Around If you... I'm not, or so you don't blaspheme the word of God. I'm not going to add to God's word. We're warned about that in Revelation. You have to answer to God what you do, do with that. But I'm going to continue. That's God's ideal for women to be keepers at home. And He wants them, it's a full time ministry to be a keeper at home, to be a helpmate to your husband, to raise godly children. And then when you get older, I have plenty of time now to mentor and teach younger women and have them over and counsel them. and, And help with my grandchildren and help with my elderly parents. Society has lost so much with women outside of the home pursuing this Mm -hmm. and that and their careers. And and I just think I'm just going to teach exactly the way God says it, just like silent in the churches, because I'm not going to add stuff to to the Bible. (laughs) I figure that what God says is perfect. There was a time in our country when women were at home. And our country was a much better place. And I was going to say about announcements What you said, when I was growing up, no woman ever gave announcements in our, or spoke right. in our church services. This is just within the past, I don't know, 20 years or something. I don't know. But they just mm-hmm. didn't back then. They were definitely silent in the churches.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I, you know, there are certain teachers, like I think of Jen Wilkin. You know, there was a time where, you know, well, there was a time where I, I, you know, probably would have said, hey, "Yeah, I think Jen Wilkin yeah. is a good female Bible teacher," and now right. I'm I'm less sure about that. But, but even even if she was, you know, let let's say there was there was nothing about her doctrine or her teaching that that you know concerned me, which there there are some things now. But let's let's say. Let's say that all of her teaching was grade A in terms of its content. I I would still on you know this side of, of my biblical convictions. I would still have a problem um, with the fact that you know I, so much of her teaching is you know um, well let let's let's talk about the doctrine of God the impassibility of God the immutability of God. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you know I'm going to teach you know the women on the Trinity. I'm going and and I never saw it you know when I was younger. But now I look and I'm like where where are these women's pastors? Like, yeah, like, she's, if, a, if preacher.
1: She, she's right. a preacher. She's a preacher. Right. And I'm like,
0: exactly and so I'm like, if she's preaching all these things, what are what are the men preaching? Like, isn't you know, like what are they preaching on Sunday? Um, and so so now, yeah, I like I look at that, you know, my wife, she she really benefits from people like Nancy Wilson, you know, that's very focused on the home and the responsibilities at He's home. great. And 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 a lot of women that that's what they need. And Because a lot of like we, we act like, well, how much teaching could you know could an older woman possibly give to a younger woman about you know these few things listed in Titus? And I'm like, these few things encompass like all of life, like how to love your husband. That's, I mean, that you can, you can preach, you know, for 20 years about how, how to love your husband and, and never exhaust the subject or how to be self-controlled and pure, how to work, be a keeper at home. Like the Proverbs Mm -hmm. 31 woman, keeping your home in such a way that it, that it, that it's bubbling over, that there's an overflow of your, your ministry that's blessing other people, but it's your industry as a woman is attached to the home. And and there's just so many changes we've had culturally, like you were saying, and even economically um, the, you know, the, the women were. Were taken from their homes. And what benefit has it, you know, it liberated women from the home. But now, you know, my generation, nobody can afford to even buy a home because now it requires two income. Back in the day, there was an expectation that if if a man is a hard worker and he has some legitimate skills, then, then we have to pay him a livable wage. Whereas now employers, they may not say this, but you know, if you go into your employer and say, I need a raise, I can't feed my family with my five children and my wife and own a home and these kind of um, the employer's response, if you could could give them some truth serum and make them say what they actually think, they'd say, well, what in the world makes you so entitled to think that you'd be able to to have so many children and have a wife and own a home all on one income? What's your wife doing? Why isn't Why isn't she working? And so, really, all all that liberation of women from the home and into you know the marketplace, all it's done is given employers a cheap excuse to pay people less, you know. And so, it, it hasn't bolstered the economy. It has it certainly hasn't helped the culture, and it hasn't helped the church. And so, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that.
1: Is got, is was Complete rebellion to w- biblical womanhood. Complete rebellion. Yeah. There, there has been nothing good coming from it. Back to the women preacher thing and Jen Wilkins. Um, I don't know if you heard her say that she compared a woman's menstrual cycle, period shedding, to Jesus shedding blood yeah. right on the cross. But she I doesn't. Hear that, yeah. She doesn't teach what God specifically calls her to teach. She stands behind pulpits and preaches, and men will be in the crowd. And
0: right.
1: I we, there's a difference between people go well you're a preacher no I'm not I never stood in front of a church and preached ever and if you go through right. the New Testament as you know all it was only men who preached God gave them low loud voices to preach they're they're the mm-hmm. preachers we're supposed to be sticking to what God has called us to do because women are in set I get viciously attacked I don't know if you know that by trolls all the time. <laughs>
0: Um, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> but it's because it's so opposite of what they've ever heard. But I also get emails and com- s- private messages all the time about how they're coming home. They're having children they're, I My marriage is better than ever. There's such a hunger from many women to hear God's will for them because they're not hearing right. it. all growing up. They're taught, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it has to right. be, a career. It can't be, all, all I want to do is be a wife and mother. Everyone knew that. All right. I want to, you know. But you can't say that today. Oh, well, you, right. well what if? What if something happens to you? What if you have to have a career. Spend loads of debt. And women owe two-thirds of the, co- the, two, the trillion dollars of student loan debt. They're all, oh, yay, women got feminism, and let women have a credit card. Oh, yay. You know, they're in such right. deep debt now. It's done nothing good for women. Nothing. It's yeah. just caused so much harm to women. And they don't think about the children at all. They, they're they mm-hmm. the ones who promoted abortion, daycare, moms of the workforce. It's all about them. It's nothing right. about In And God's will protects the children, mom and dad loving each other for life, bearing children, raising those children, Dad works, mom's home full time with the children. God loves the children; He cares about feminism. Hates children. Nothing That's they right. do protects the children.
0: That's right. I completely agree. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's sad that you know, even with you know, like you said, like college degrees and things like that. That a lot of women, you know, really, really, I think, you know, because God puts it in in their nature; it's part of His design. So a lot of women, you know, really do just want to be a, a wife and especially a mother. They want to have children. Um, but they were they were received such bad, such poor counsel, you know, when they were in high school and growing up, you know, whether it was. Uh, their parents giving them bad counsel because their parents, you know, heard a horror story of a woman, you know, who her husband left her and divorced her and she had nothing. And 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 then, you know, the exception became the norm. And I mean, that was part of it, you know, that like the introduction of quick and e- easy divorce in our nation, you know, made women vulnerable, you know, in, in a way that they previously weren't. And so, but all that being said, you know, th- there's this counsel, this push for women to go and get a college degree, which... In most cases, um, because higher education is so corrupt and so mm-hmm. expensive and produces so little, gives you so many, so few actual life skills and, and is is so not marketable, you know, that all of a sudden, so a woman, you know, racks up $80,000, hundred thousand dollars of debt. And then the very thing that she's always wanted to do ever since she was a little girl, which is to have children of her own and to be a mother, well now she has to work. So, mm-hmm. so she has to like because yeah. what she's bringing into her marriage. So a man marries her, and you know, and it's like she's called to be his helpmate and to produce for him children. Um, and and instead, what our, instead of helping, what she's bringing to the table from the day one of their marriage is, um, you know, I you know I love you, I care for you, and I am giving to you eighty thousand dollars of of school loans, yeah. of yeah. debt. And then the husband, yeah. not saying the husband's right to say this, but he looks at her and says, well, because you're bringing me $80,000 of debt, you know how you've always wanted to be a mother, and now you're finally married, and it's God-honoring and right and natural and good to do that? Um well, here's here's a pill that I want you to take every single day because don't even think about having kids for at least five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, ten 10 years because I need you to go into the workforce and work off that big ball and chain of debt that you accrued for four years in school to get training for something that you, in your heart of hearts, never even wanted to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so counterintuitive. It's like, like I want to be a mom. Okay, well, go and get a college degree You know, so that you can wait four years in college and then wait another. Five or ten years to pay off. Now that's not to say that women shouldn't be educated because women are training their children. Who they're they're learning math and science and all these things. But there are so many other ways to you can you know there are other schools that can go to. There are other ways. So I'm not even against women going to higher education. Um, I like New Saint Andrews. You know, like there there are there are schools that are affordable or private or Christian where a woman can go and get um, a general you know um, education in history and the sciences and all these things uh, that will serve. Her well as a mother, and I think that, that that can be wise. But when when a woman goes and gets a, a bachelor's in gender studies, you know, or or psychology, it's just it's sad. Well, I, and I think, think she, she doesn't know.
1: If you're a really good reader and you're really good at math, you can to really teach your kids anything. You don't need. I don't even think women need to go to higher education. Because um, I'm a school teacher, I have the credential, school teacher, so I went to um, college. But my we went to a Christian college, a private Christian college. It cost 3600 dollars for the whole entire year for everything. And all wow. of my friends and I, my seven friends and I, all we want to do is be married and have children. So we kind of just moved off our colleges. I did, and all of it, most of them, only a couple of us actually graduated, most of them got married, started so having kids. But I was a teacher. But because I had my grandchild, I had to work a couple years after being married and through two my first two pregnancies and not be home with my first one. Looking back, we would have done things a lot differently. Now that I know how important it is for mothers to be home with their babies, but those were really right. awful years because I and I was making fifteen hundred a month even back then. That wasn't very much for how much work it was, and I had no debt because my dad paid for it. It was so cheap back then. My roommate right. paid it off by waitressing, but it was a lot different back then. But and now they do. It, it's atrocious how much it costs, and and I don't. There's hardly any schools out there that aren't completely secularized humanistic debauchery and mm-hmm. i don't wouldn't want to be exposed to what's going on in most colleges these days even westmont the school i was going to has become progressive like most right. unbiblical i should say like most right. colleges they train women to be feminist they do not right. train women anything about what being wise mothers and homemakers right. in fact when my daughters were going up one of my daughters my husband wanted one of them to go to college because the other one went with about ba- Christian ballet company and um, danced for a few years with that. But she wanted to go to the masters and go through their. It was a homemaking it's I forget domestic something where they learn all that. That's all she wanted to do. <laughs> and, and, right. But my husband didn't want to pay that much money for that when I could teach her all that, you know, <laughs> so. mm-hmm.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Okay. So let's, let's look at another text. So this is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, another classic text about wives. Uh, It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won uh, over without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is... In God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So, a couple questions from that text. The first one is just a quiet and gentle spirit. What, What is a what is a gentle and quiet spirit?
1: Not arguing and quarreling and being contentious, not demanding one's own way, becoming um, more like Christ, caring more about others than you care about yourself, forgiving easily, pouring grace upon others quickly, especially your husband, showing a lot of grace, not having bitterness in your life, being set apart and holy, being careful what you watch and see. And just be in the word consistently and let God's word convict you and change you. So that's what I would say, a gentle and quiet spirit. I've written a lot of posts about that, but off the top of yeah. my head, that's what comes to mind.
0: No, that's great. I you know, I, I feel like women today, if you could sum them up in a word, many women in our culture today are loud. And and mm-hmm. and it's funny how Peter, you know, he talks about how a woman should adorn herself. And, you know, and there is some contextual, you know, things there with, you know, the braiding of hair in terms of, you know, it was, it was very extravagant and lavish right. and jewels were braided into the hair. And so, so right. we're not saying, you know, that, um, pippy long stocking, you know, or something, you know, that right. those, these are <laughs> evil braids, but, yeah, no. um, but, but it basically what he's saying, what he's saying is this, he's saying, that, that both in a, in a woman's physical appearance and in her character, in her internal appearance before the Lord, that imperishable internal beauty. So both on the inside and the outside, if I was to exegete, I would say both on the inside and the outside, a woman should be quiet and gentle rather than loud and aggressive, right? So like gentle, aggressive, quiet and, versus well, loud. Proverbs
1: talks about the horror of being loud and stubborn, exactly. and feet, never being at home.
0: Exactly. So loud
1: and stubborn.
0: <laughs> that's right. So that's exactly what I think. Yeah. So I, I, I was. That's exactly what I was thinking. Was Proverbs talks about a loud woman, and I, and I always think part of the loud, the loudness of a woman is, um, it's, it's all, it's always trying to attract um attention to herself. So by how she dresses, how she speaks, how she behaves, it's just, it's self-centered. It's, it's meant to. You know, like when someone's loud and if somebody in public starts shouting, you know, you know, there's a teenage couple, you know, that's immature and emotional and they're having a fight and they're yelling at the mall or something. You know, it's it's distracting. It calls it. It, it demands everyone else's attention. There's there's no concern with those individuals in the moment for anyone else, for anyone else's well-being. Um, it, it attracts a negative attention from all the wrong people. And, uh, and it's like you said, probably her, her feet never stay at home there. They're, so it's like, she's everywhere else. And, yeah. and it's so, to me, it seems like God, you know, the helpmate kind of, you know, thing that we, we find all the way in Genesis, a woman is, is called to build up Proverbs says, A wise woman builds up her own house, but a foolish woman tears it down. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like the loud woman and the foolish woman go hand in hand. The, the loud woman is her feet are not at home. And so she's in a sense, she's, She's foolish and loud. She's tearing down her own home by never being there, and she's and she's building up. And here's the thing, you know, the feminists would say she's building up her own home. No, she's not. She's building a woman. uh, This will sound strong, but a woman will always be building up the home of a man. Whether it's that male CEO, (laughs) whether it's that male politician, whether it's that you know. So so if you're always building up the house of a man, why not build up the house of your man? The man who made vows to you, the man who loves you. you, who washes you in the word, and and it's just so silly that that I I don't know. So it's it's just loud the way you dress, you you know, uh, way too much makeup or way too you know, uh, immodest clothing, the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you behave. It's all loud and and i feel like that's what peter's doing he's he's contrasting the quiet and gentle spirit against the foolish woman who tears down her own house whose feet are everywhere else except for at home because she despises her husband she doesn't want to build up his house she doesn't want to honor him and see his, his home and his ministry be fruitful and multiply and i don't and you know, even it's, see it's, these
1: women politicians yeah. even conservative women they get behind their little stands and, you know, yell. And, and it's just so not, I don't think what God has called us to do. You think of the women's marches on Washington, right. which is just awful to see. It's so opposite of what God's called women to do and be.
0: Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So what, what do you see as some of the most significant ways evangelical women today have departed from biblical womanhood? What are some of your biggest concerns?
1: All of them. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they argue a lot about being submissive to your husband and even obeying like he, Sarah obey. And I'll say, well, and they'll say, I'll never submit to a man. I'll say, so you've never submitted to a boss at work and they won't respond, mm-hmm. of course. And then the keeper at home, just being there, the whole work, being in the workforce, it's their dreams and goals that they want don 't they don't, they're, and they leave out their children in the dust, some women of oh. course have to work um they'll and or their husbands want them to work, and they 'll have to stand before God about that, but I think definitely the idea deal is for women to be home, building up their marriages marriages divorces have skyrocketed since women left their homes mm-hmm. children are so lost and depressed, suicidal, since their mothers aren't raising them anymore. Strangers are just the whole breakdown of the family that even Christian women have accepted. Cause I was told at a church near me that I could not teach that women could be keepers at home because it would offend the the career women. So they want, they don't even want to. My church that I go to now loves what I teach and supports mm-hmm. me. A biblical church will support what I teach because I teach the Bible. (laughs) But just the whole breakdown of the family and we could see the repercussions everywhere in our culture, everywhere. It's tearing down our nation. So just in every way, Christian women are not being taught. And the majority of young Christian couples who have grown up in the church, sleep together now, are living together, are fornicating. I like to just use the right word, fornicating. Right, and they're so lost they're so there's no foundation to their lives because it's been torn okay. down and the church isn't doing anything about it most churches they're not raising kids to, to to pursue not their dreams and goals but their dreams and goals should be according to god's word and his will for them right. we this nation needs strong families and i can just do what i do i can do and i as as hard as I can and like you said about material just for those verses I've been doing this for 12 years and I have a blog post every day, I have multiple tweets I have constantly things that I can teach on these topics to women Mm -hmm. to encourage them and they need constant encouragement and that's why I do it consistently because they're getting lies told to them constantly from our culture, even from the churches so they need to keep being brought back to the truth and to mm-hmm. continually love their husbands and what that looks like. Continually be, find joy being at home. Oh, I'm so bored at home. I'm lonely. No, decide to love your home. Love, Be thankful you have a toilet to clean, dishes to clean you. Yeah. Find joy in what God has called you to do because it produces the most amazing food. I have four children now walking in truth. They're all married. I have almost 14 grandbabies. I've been married almost 41 years. And I can tell you, there's no greater joy than having my kids, their spouses walking in truth and seeing them raise their children to do the same. And growing old with one man that he loves my children as much as I do. He would give his life to them. He loves my grandchildren. He's, we both watch each other go through hard, difficult times with Um, We've all, we both grown old together, gray hair, wrinkles, you know, -hmm. but just, it's just such a blessing God's ways are uh, oh, wow. after having limited out this long. The more we are, we talk about it all the time, how incredible you see it more as you go along in life. And this is what I'm trying to steer women onto the, that, that narrow path that leads to life, the old path that God's talks about, because they might, yeah, they're hard when the kids are little, really hard. And your <laughs> husband's working so hard to build up his practice, but it bears right. so much beautiful fruit. The, be- the fruit mm-hmm. is abundant. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm yeah. trying to show and teach women. And that's Amen. the benefit of being an older woman, to be able to tell mm. them all these things.
0: To be on the other side and to be able to look back and, and yeah, to be you can make it, you can do it. And it and not just like you can get through, but it's um it's good. It's really it's fruitful. It's hard,
1: it's, it's hard, yeah. it's hard work, but hard isn't bad. Right. God, everything mm. God calls us to is hard, but it's really, really good. Right, And there's abundant Amen. blessings with it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, you know, again, just the, it seems like one of the big themes um, between both of us with this episode is the, you know, the keepers at home. And I was thinking, at the end of the day, ultimately, you know, the gravitation in our culture and sadly even in the church away from biblical womanhood and away from biblical manhood for that matter. um, is first and foremost due to sin, a rebellion against God's word, His authority. Um, but there's also a sense in which you know there's there's all these cultural, these cultural tenets that, that that have occurred. But there's also there's like a technological element, and and what I mean by that is you know it seems like at some level, as as I you know read history and I look back, you know, like like people even, even if it wasn't what they wanted. It still was was the mold, and it, and and partly because people really did fear the Lord and, and and were submitting to Scripture, but not just because you know the people in times past were holier or more righteous or more sanctified, but part of it was just the nature of the world. Apart from some of the technological advancements that we have today, most work industry was physical, and so um, mm-hmm. it made sense for a man who has more physical strength and the home. Um it really was a full-time job not saying that it's Absolutely. not a full-time job today but like right. w- when you don't have a microwave and you don't have you know a, an oven and a stove and the, you know what i mean so i, I think at some level exactly exactly you're going down to a well to get water or the river to to wash Washing your clothes, clothes and exactly and you, you know you know using the you know scraping them and 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 so i i think at some level with work becoming less physical for men out of the home and then and then the work in the home for women have been uh radically supplemented with with appliances with technological advancements in the home i think that that might be part of it and i've talked to some other women about that you know and talked to my wife a lot about that and her thoughts and you know, and, and she's been influenced by other godly women. And and it seems like the consensus from the women that I trust and respect is this, that just because you have the microwave doesn't mean you have to make TV dinners for your family. So you may have some of these conveniences, you may have some, um, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't, you still have the option to strive to make a, a wonderful meal, that draws the family to the table they want to be there it's exciting it's you know like and and so i i you know again i'm you know a man with a beard you know so you know what do i know but i but i i feel like you know um one thing that might make the home and that work that ministry more exciting for women is to realize that you don't have to just do the bare minimum uh to get by like that every meal can be a creation and you know, there's, there's just so and homemaking. It's it's yes, it's doing the laundry and yes, it's cleaning the toilet, as you said. But it's also um, decorating and it's doing this and it's doing that and making making a warm, inviting, peaceful, joyful place where the family wants to be through food, through meals, through um, decoration, through activities with the children and and. Um, just because we have certain convenience, yeah, exactly homeschool. So it really can be a full time job if you do it well. And it's funny that even in our feministic you know, feminism world, you 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 can look on Instagram and you can, and there are women who aren't even Christian, but who have um, etched out a whole market for themselves by by saying, here are. Uh, here's uh, meal rep- recipes and here's decoration tips to do it uh, cheaply, you know, where you don't have to be a millionaire and here's activities for the kids. And, and I look at that and I'm like, yeah, God has designed women. They, you know, even with feminism, that's what even they're most in, attracted yeah. to
1: watch too. those kind that's of videos. Right. And they I can't get Instagram. away from it. Yeah. No, I um, teach a lot about health on my Instagram. I make my bread. I make sourdough. I make my hands whole wheat. I make everything from scratch. I, cool. So I, I teach women all that about eating healthy and making things instead of buying package. It's much healthier for you mm-hmm. because I, I don't feel like we can depend on doctors and drugs to keep us healthy. We need to do it's our job <laughs> to keep us healthy. They're great for mm-hmm. emergency situations, but it's our job to keep our husbands and our children healthy and do what we can to make them as healthy as we can. So I train the, the, uh, through my Instagram stories a lot about that. And yeah to keep a home clean and tidy and to and with the iPhone though the, and scrolling that I'm so thankful I didn't have that as a mother <laughs> a young mother because <laughs> my kids yeah. it came out when my youngest daughter when all the kids her age started getting the smartphones was when my daughter the year after my gra- daughter graduated high school. and my sister said that her son that was my son's age older, when they would all come to her house they'd all be gathered around talking laughing. And her younger son, when they would come, once they had the, they all be around looking at their phones. So mm-hmm. she has this rule that no smartphones in her house, you know, just mm-hmm. because that's, that's such a time waster for mothers. And it's, and it's hard for them not to do that, to scroll. And what is that teaching their children? I know some mothers have made the decision that they're not going to be looking at their phones when their children are awake. They'll do it during their nap times or after their kids go to bed. I think that's really, really good. Because I think you mm-hmm. need, your children need your attention. Yeah. You need to be aware of what they're doing. You need to train them and discipline them and um, tr- steer them in the right direction. Read to them. Take time with them. Let, show the daughters as they're getting older to cook and how to clean with you. So they become our good homemakers when they're older. And to love doing that, doing it with joy, with music on you, know, with praise mm-hmm. music. So... There's, yeah. It, yeah, it's not nearly the work because of men's inventions. We don't have, like what people say, the, the Proverbs 31 women had all these servants. I said, well, we have all these servants, washing machines, That's dryers, right. dishwashers, That's toilets. Right. We have all these servants that men have built for us. But there, my mom was always home full time, always. One of the very few, even back when I was in high school, everyone wanted to be at my home. Because it was so warm, she she always had food for everyone. She loved feeding everyone. There was when a mother's in the home, there's warmth in the home. I would go to a friends' house where the mother was not home; they, they were working. It was cold. I we mm. always knew my mother was available to us. We could we, if we were sick at school, she'd be able to pick us up. My kids knew that. My kids always knew I was available for them. That's such security for children. In fact, the school that my kids went to in high school, a small little Christian school near us. A teacher told me she could tell the difference between the children who had a mother home full time and one who didn't. They're just so much more secure. It's the way God right. created it. All of God's commands are for our good, <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're perfect.
0: Amen. Amen. I completely agree. Well, I'll, I'll give you the final word. Any, any extra thoughts that you want to add? No. Just in general I, with the topic?
1: No, I love what I do. I'm really thankful for the ministry that the Lord's given me, and I wish a lot of older women would begin doing this, too, because there's not. A lot of older women my age will tell me, well, I'm not gifted. I'm not a, a gifted teacher. And Yes, you are. You just have to speak. You just have to teach. Mm-hmm. Put young women under your wings, even if it's just one or two in the church, because young women are hungry. Go start helping a young mother who has little children. Go start helping her with her home housework and her children and and just right. there's pray for opportunities. And the Lord will definitely give you opportunities because it's his will that older women are training and teaching the younger women. It's the older women mm-hmm. who need to start stepping up. I blame them even more than the preachers and the pastors. There's some great preachers, preachers and pastors who teach on this. I just listened to Kosti Hinn teach on it. And I know John MacArthur teaches really strongly on it. Um, in past, in the 1980s, he had, or 1990s, he had some incredible sermons about biblical womanhood. They're just mm. so spot on, but a lot of pastors don't. They're, but it's still the older women's job. I think. I think it's really great to have the backup from a pastor, though. Like I feel like I have the backup of my husband. He um, monitors. What I, you know, he see. he doesn't monitor me closely. He lets me write what I want. But if he sees something, he doesn't, he, Laurie, you need to take that down. I will. But most everything he lo- loves what I teach. Cause I know through the years I've known what he doesn't want me to talk about or whatever, you know? So, but I have, mm-hmm. he has my back, you know, and just like, it's really nice to have pastors have your back too. Right. Um, cause when I, our last church we left, cause our pastor preached about, it was a sermon on first. Corinthians 14, 33 to 34 and about women being silent in the church. And the sermon was empowering women. And he had a mm-hmm. woman come up on stage who had been at Wheaton and decided that women can be elders and preachers. My husband walked wow. out at that point, but I, I didn't have his back he didn't have my back at all. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my pastor does because he agrees yeah. with me and teach will teach it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Amen. women need yep. men's support. I don't care what women say these days, but we shouldn't be independent from men. We need their oversight and their protection. And it's for our good. It's not for our evil.
0: Yeah, you're right. No, the women need men's support. And I think the men don't give it because they're afraid of the women. (laughs) Which you know, it's just, we have so many spineless men who are afraid to, you know, that Mm -hmm. men are feminists, which
1: is an absurd thing. Oh, they've been hugely influenced by feminism. Mm
0: hmm. And yeah. I think part of it is because, like, feminism, we, we both have said several times by this point in this episode feminism destroys women. Um, but feminism, ironically, if if there's any sex that feminism benefits, it's men. You know, now, not the Christian man, the God fearing man, but the pagan man um, yeah. who simply he serves. Yeah, sleep as around, not cluster.
1: commit. Right.
0: That's right. Yeah, it's feminism. I mean, Lord it's like when baby. you look. Yeah, when you look at all, exactly, you look at all the tenets of feminism, and it's like, a man had to have come up with this. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, so, okay, so, yeah, you can sleep around. I don't have to have the responsibility of being a father, you know, and uh, and I don't have to pay for her meal because that would actually be insulting her, so I get to respect her by her paying half or even paying <laughs> for my meal when I take it. Like, and, I mean, you just go down the list, and it's like,
1: but you know yeah, what? I
0: mean it's 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 I have comical. a lot of
1: it's lo- I have a lot of men who follow me and they're looking for wives that I teach. They don't they've been so harmed by all that, you know, sleeping around and everything. They want a biblical woman who wants to be faithful until death does she part, wants to have children, wants to be a keeper at home and take care of them. You know, I think men are longing for that. Now all that fatherlessness due to that. The women having babies without fathers—that's just devastating to our
0: culture. Yeah, it is. Yep, you're absolutely right. Well, you should start like a mail order uh, bride service where you know where you just you keep training those women, and then you have like you know you have pictures of them on your website. You know, I know and for a, for a certain fee, you know, a man can come and, and have an application. He has to pass the well, test. That's a and good then, idea know, because. And
1: then you, you know. A lot of people have said, "I need a dating." thing some type of get these men and women together but then a lot of other men will warn me there's so many trolls you have so many trolls but if they had to pay a fee
0: yeah, yeah pay a fee that they have thing. to do an online application where you can you can vet them you know and you're like all right i think this guy's good you know he, he pays a price yeah like a yeah. sheep or a goat you know so <laughs> all right well Lori thank you so much for coming on last thing is this uh, tell t- tell our listeners how they can follow your ministry
1: My blog is thetransformedwife.com. I'm on Facebook is The Transformed Wife, Twitter, Instagram. I have two books on Amazon. One is The Power of the Transformed Wife and the a Biblical Womanhood Study Guide that goes through all of the all of the elements of biblical womanhood and they just scour scripture that supports every single submission to a husband you know, loving one's husband, loving your children, going through all the scripture of what, and for good, because in the King James, it says to teach them to be good. Mm-hmm. I really talked about just being who they, knowing who they are in Christ because you can't be good apart from Christ. It's Christ right. living, working Amen. in and through us. That makes us good. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So they need to know that they don't have to try harder. Great. They need to believe what God says about them.
0: Great. All right. Well, Lori, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, God bless.
1: Thank you. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit
0: rightresponseministries.com/offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, "Am I Truly Saved?" If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com/offer. And thank you for your generous support.